Thank you for the song service uh, and the spirit that was in it. I want you to turn to Jonah, Jonah, the first chapter. And while you're turning there, uh, let me say it's good to be here this morning. Good to see each one of you here. And But most of all, thanks for the Holy Spirit, for his presence in our service this morning. It's always good to feel the spirit of God working in our services. As Brother Cecil has said, and we've already talked about, and we've sang about last Sunday being about the resurrection uh, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, we need to give him praise and thank him for what he's done. We cannot comprehend the price that he paid for our sins. It talked about the salvation. Uh, we sang about that and our salvation. And God is good and gracious, and we thank him for that. And God is the God of uh, the Gentiles, and I thank him for that. And that's what we want to look at this morning in the book of Jonah. Uh, Jonah was uh, a picture of Christ to come. Jonah being in the belly uh, of the fish for three days and three nights in the grave uh, was a picture of Christ coming and his resurrection. And there's a lot of things in the book of Jonah that we could preach on. There's... uh, Probably there's no telling how many sermons that you could preach from just the book of Jonah. Uh, But we're going to look at Jonah and some of the great things that God done uh, through Jonah's life and through other things that we'll look at this morning. Now, most of you have probably already heard this, but I'm going to tell it again as a reminder this morning. Uh, There was a little girl that was in school, and uh, her teacher, she gave all of them a uh, uh, homework to do, and they was to write a report about somebody that meant uh, a lot to them, somebody that was very special, that uh, really stood out in their life. And so that little girl's report that she wrote was on Jonah. And she got up in front of the class, and she told about Jonah and all the things that he'd done and being swallowed by that fish and, and how the fish uh, vomited him out uh, on the ground up there. And, uh, and she just gave a real good report and was so proud of herself. And when she finished the report, the teacher in front of all the class, she said, uh, you don't really believe that, do you? And she said, well, yes, I believe that. And she said, it's impossible. There's no way that a fish can swallow a man. So you can't believe that. And she said, well, when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah about it. And the teacher looked at her and said, well, what if you get to heaven and Jonah's not there? And the little girl looked up at the teacher and said, you ask him then. So you'll get that one. (laughs) So it's a a book of faith. Uh, There's a lot of things that happen in the book of Jonah that it's hard for us to understand. And we've got to believe that. I believe that Jesus died for my sins on the cross. I believe that he hung there and he died for my sin. And I believe salvation is by faith. I believe that God prepared that fish and it swallowed Jonah just like the little girl. I believe that by faith that it happened. So we look at that this morning. I want to look at some great things. I guess if there was a, uh, uh, a key word in the book of Jonah, it would be great. And I'm going to just call off a few of them right here. And I want to read verses 1 and 2 before I start uh, calling these off. In verses 1 and 2 it says, The Lord and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Medetai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. 
But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down unto it, unto them uh, to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So we, hear, we see the calling of Jonah. Uh, God gave this calling to Jonah to go down to that great city and to preach. And we're going to look at a few of the great things that uh, in this book, and most of them are in the first chapter here. Uh, number one, that uh, verses one and two was a great city. It talked of Gen- uh, Nineveh being that great city. Uh, the last part of the chapter 4, the last part of the book, tells us that there was about 120,000 people in that city. So it was a great city. Uh, verse 4, there was a great wind that God prepared. In verse 10 and 16, there was great fear came upon them because of this great wind that uh, God prepared for them there. Verse 12, there was a great tempest and a storm. In verse 17, there was a great fish. Verse or Chapter 4, you go to verse 1, there was great displeasure in Jonah's life. And then in verse or chapter uh, 4 and verse 6, there was great gladness there. Jonah was glad for the, the gourd. And then in verse uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 6 through 10, there was a great revival. It doesn't call it a great revival, but I call it great. There was 120,000 people that was saved that day because of the preaching of Jonah. Now, most every verse it says great, but there's a few of them that it says uh, there was, uh, uh, we look at this and they was uh, uh, exceeding. The word exceeding would mean great. So uh, we look at the greatness here that God uses these things and does in a great way. So there's about four or five things that I want us to focus on here this morning in this greatness. And number one is the fish. We see that God prepared a fish. Now, the title of this message would be this morning, uh, Your Moment. Uh, We all have a moment in, in our life, and there's a moment in time. And we look at this fish that God prepared this fish. I'm like the little girl, boy, I believe this. I believe the whole story, and I believe it's true. God prepared that fish for its moment in time. Uh, I don't know how old the fish was. I don't know how long it had been there in the ocean. But I know and I believe that God prepared that fish for the moment that when they cast Jonah overboard, that that fish was going to be right there at the right place at the right time. And so we see how God works all through this thing. And and I believe from the bottom of my heart, and we know I'm not going to read it all, but we've all uh, read the book of Jonah. We know the story how that Jonah did not want to go. Uh, He he just wasn't going to go down there and preach to those people. Why not? He didn't like those people of Nineveh. They were of Syria. And and those people were known for the punishment that they would put on people. And and they would put punishment. uh, It was... uh, they was uh, what you would say, I guess, a master at putting punishment on people. Uh, and so the Jews hated these people. So if Jonah went down there and he preached and that city was saved, then what's his people back home going to think about him? Uh, here you are. You're going down there and preaching to those Ninevites, you know, and they're wicked people. And Jonah didn't want to go down there, and he didn't want to preach to them. So when God called him, he went in the opposite direction. 
and, and Jonah was going the opposite direction, and God had a plan. He had prepared Jonah for his moment uh, to go down and preach to Nineveh, and he prepared that fish, and that fish was there at the very moment when they cast Jonah overboard. Jonah told them, he said, I'm the reason, I'm the reason that this storm has come upon us. And, and he said, throw me overboard. They tried not to do that. They tried to cast some of the tack out of the, uh, the ship there and all the, the goods that they had on it to lighten the load so they could save the boat, but they just couldn't do it. So finally they gave in. And they throw Jonah overboard. He'd rather die. He'd rather die as to go down there and preach to the Ninevites. God was calling him to do a job. God called the fish to do a job. That moment in time, that fish was to be at that place. And that fish was right at the very place that God put it. We see that God prepared it. You go over to the last part of the book there, and there was a gourd. Jonah went and preached to that city. He didn't want to go, but he went and preached to that city. And we look at this gourd that God spoke to. It said that that gourd came up in a night, and it withered in a night. God prepared a worm, prepared an old worm to be there at the right place at the right time. When that gourd came up, boy, that first day, Jonah loved that gourd. Man, it was shading him, and he loved that gourd. God prepared that gourd, and it came up. God prepared a wind. This time, it was an east wind that was going to come and beat up on old Jonah and on his bald head. The wind was there. Everything that God had prepared was doing exactly what it was supposed to do. Prepared for that moment, that moment in time. And when we go on and we look at this, Jonah had rather die than to see these people be saved. He didn't want to go. But God got his attention. Jonah went and he preached to the Ninevites. And what happened? They believed. They had faith. The king prepared a feast. He said, or fast. He said, we're going to fast. He said, nothing shall eat. Nothing, man or beast, because who knows, God might save this city. It was a wicked city. I mean, it was very wicked, and God saw the wickedness of it. And he prepared a man that would go down there and preach. Now, I think about Jonah. Uh, he'd been in that old fish's belly for three days and three nights. He got out into business. It didn't take him long. Uh, I, I've, I've thought a lot about this. Uh, I like to let my imagination run wild. And I think about Jonah being in that fish's belly. And it says the weeds was about his head and the bars was about him. Uh, he's talking about the bars of hell. I think that was the ribs of that great fish that, that swallowed Jonah. And he went down to the depths of the mountains. And as Jonah was down there, he got busy praying to God. And I'd just like to go and read part of that second chapter uh, in verse 2 of the second chapter and said, I cried by reason of mine afflictions unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. He got out into business. He's calling on God. He didn't want to go. He was running. And then they cast him overboard. And he thought, this is it. I'm going to die. I won't have to go to preach to them people. But now here he is in the belly of the fish. For thou, hurt, thou hast came to me in the, unto the deep, in the midst of the sea, 
and of the floods come past me about. All thy billows and all thy waves pass over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. The waters come past me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about, the weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought, me, uh, brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came unto thee, unto thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. And that's what he's doing here now. He's dealing with reality and where he is at. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. He got out to business now. God had got his attention. He was preparing Jonah to go preach to Nineveh. Can you imagine how Jonah looked? I don't think he stopped at the Holiday Inn and took a shower. Because when that fish vomited him out, God had got his attention. I think that Jonah went straight to Nineveh just like he looked. Can you imagine being in that fish's belly for three days and three nights and the acid that was in there? I think he was probably bleached out about as white as my shirt right here this morning. But Jonah was on a mission. He didn't waste no time. He went through that city preaching the word of God that God had laid upon his heart. Each one of the things that we talked about, the fish, the gourd, the worm, and the wind, and the raging sea, everyone obeyed God's voice. They was prepared for that moment, that moment in time. When we look at what is your moment, what's your moment in this life? We all have our moment. I think that God has got prepared for each and every one of us. I know that my moment was to preach the gospel. And I've shared this with you before. I was like Jonah. I mean, I didn't buy a ticket and I didn't get on a ship, but I run for God from God for about 20 years. And I was like Jonah. I could not get away from God. Everywhere I went, God was there dealing with my heart. Go preach the gospel. Couldn't get away from him. He was there everywhere I went. See, Jonah, he was in the bottom of the ocean, in the belly of that fish. And all that was in there, the filth and the things that was in that fish's belly. But it came to him what God had called him to do. God was preparing him for that moment. Oh, I kept telling God I can't do it. I kept telling him, I can't do it. There's no way. And I, I would uh, name other people that's uh, more qualified than I am. But I couldn't get away because God was calling me for that moment. Never will forget the first message that I preached. Uh, I was supposed to preach that message. Brother David Carr was the pastor, and I was going to church here. I had a heart attack, and God got my attention. He, he didn't swallow me up with a fish, but he got my attention. And I remember when my dad pulled into the Cookville Hospital, 
My arms, the oxygen was gone, and my arms and legs was drawing, and I just couldn't. I, I knew it was nearing the end. I knew that life was about over for me. And you know what came to my mind? The first thing that came to my mind, I hadn't done what God had asked me to do. I did not do what God had asked me to do. And I said, Lord, it wasn't that I was afraid of going to hell. I was saved, and I knew it was saved. I was sure of that. But I just hadn't done what God asked me to do. And I said, God, if you let me live, I'll preach the gospel. Because I knew I was fixing to die. I was in the emergency room three minutes when my heart quit. When they put their jumper cables on me and started shocking me. I told Brother David after that that God had called me to preach. We set up an appointment. He gave me a month. He said, Gary, will a month be enough? And I said, maybe. So he gave me one month to prepare that first message. That was on Thursday. Saturday night, I went to a family reunion. A guy come up to me and said, Gary, I hear you've answered the call to preach, a cousin of mine. And I said, yes, I did. He said, good. Our pastor fell, hurt his back. We need you to preach in the morning. Here we go again. <laughs> my first thing that started to come out of my mouth was no. God spoke to me. And I said, yes, I'll do it. And I remember going home that night. And I stayed up till 2 o'clock in the morning. And I was trying to get a message prepared for in the morning, which I thought that I had over a month to prepare. And about 2 o'clock, I said, God, you know that I've had a heart attack. And you know that they told me that I needed plenty of rest. God, I need to go to sleep. I need to rest. At 2 o'clock, God let me go to sleep. I got up early the next morning, and I come over here to the early service because the church that I was preaching at, their services didn't start till 10 and 11, and we was having early services. I never will forget when I pulled in the parking lot out here, C.D. Farley pulled up right in front of me. And there I was, scared to death, shaking like a leaf, going to have to preach in about two hours, and I wasn't ready. C.D. got out, and he was grinning like a possum. And C.D. said, Gary said, guess what I was doing at 2 o'clock this morning. Now, C.D. didn't know anything about this. And I said, C.D., I don't have no idea what you was doing at 2 o'clock this morning. C.D. said, I was down on my knees praying for you. Said, God woke me up at 2 o'clock and said, Gary Ferris needs your prayers. CD was prepared for that moment. That moment in time that I needed somebody, I needed encouragement. And he said, God told me that you needed my prayers. And he said, I fell down on my knees and was praying for you. I was able to go down that morning and preach that message. But God prepared C.D. Farley for that moment, I think, for me to let me know that he was behind me all the way. And when we look at that moment in time, I wonder 
And I want us to think this morning, what about your moment? What is your moment in line? And I think of the songs that we sang this morning. Every one of them was pointing to Jesus Christ and the cross. Every one of them was pointing to Calvary and what he done for us. And I think of Jesus Christ being prepared for that moment to hang on that cross, to die for the sins of the world, to become sin for you and I so that we could live and have eternal life, so that we could be set free from the bondage of sin. That moment in time, if Jesus Christ had been like Jesus, Jonah, and he had turned and went the other way and said, I'd rather go uh, to Tarshish or some other direction. I'd rather uh, not go down there. I wouldn't, don't want to go do that. I don't want to go to that cross. But in that moment in time, the love kept Jesus on the cross because he loved us that much. He loved this world. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God was willing to let his son, Jesus Christ, die on the cross in that moment of time for you and I so that we we could come into this church this morning and we can raise our voice to him. We can praise him. And so many times we sit by so quiet. We just say, well, he owed it to us. He didn't owe that to us. We owe everything to, uh, to him because he died for our sins in that moment in time. And I think this morning, maybe you're here and you're lost and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. And God is dealing with you this morning. The Holy Spirit is dealing with you. And it's a moment in time that God has given you to accept Jesus Christ into your life. It's a moment in time that God has given you here. And if you reject that time and you turn and you walk away and you go in the opposite direction and you say, I'll do it another time, you may never have another moment in time that you can do that. And God has give you a moment here this morning. And I prayed and I prayed last night. I prayed this morning and I asked God, I said, God, send us somebody there for the moment this morning that they need to accept you into the life and today will be the day that they will listen to you we look at this uh, fish this fish was prepared for that moment in time it was right there it was right on time and I believe God is right on time this morning I believe the Holy Spirit is right on time because I felt the Holy Spirit in this service this morning I feel it this morning and God is dealing with somebody that's lost that's going to die and going to go to hell and you will you will let me tell you something. God's give you that moment. He's give you that time. And if you don't accept that time, they will be another moment in time. That'll be a moment in time when you stand before God. Now, we've got preachers that just preach uh, uh, love and prosperity. That's good. But let me tell you something. There's a heaven and there's a hell. And it needs to be preached about. And we don't hear nothing about hell anymore. You can't hardly find any church that preaches on hell. They all want to talk about heaven. Everybody's not going to heaven. Only those that are prepared. Only those that have got a ticket. Where do you get your ticket at? You get that ticket at the foot of the old rugged cross. He died for your sins. you got to humble yourself, and, and you got to uh, com, uh, confess to him that you are a sinner. And we've got to get lost before we can get saved. We talk about good works and all the things that we can do to get to heaven. Let me tell you something. It's by the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's the only way you're going to get to heaven this morning. And accepting him into your life in that moment in time. I'm so glad when I was eight-year-old that I had that moment in time. I remember that I was sitting on the side of the church on that side right there on the front seat. I was eight-year-old. I didn't understand it all, and I still don't understand it all. But I knew that I didn't want to die and go to hell at eight-year-old. And in that moment of time when the Holy Spirit dealt with me, boy, 
I went down to that altar, and I asked Jesus to come into my life. You know what? I felt the warmest feeling coming over me. I think that was the presence of God coming into my life at that moment in time to let me know that he was there and he had entered my life. If you don't accept that moment that God gives you that opportunity, they will be a moment when you will stand before God. You'll stand before Jesus Christ and he will be your judge. Today, he is your savior. Today, he's standing with outstretched arms, waiting and gently speaking to you, preparing you for that moment when you stand before God. It's up to you. You make that decision. I look at Jonah. He ran. And you go over there towards the last part of that, and Jonah was upset. And God asked Jonah, he said, does thou do good to be uh, uh, angry like this? In that ninth verse of the fourth chapter, and God said to Jonah, and see, he was sitting there, and, and the gourd had died. The worm ate the gourd. The gourd died. The east wind was beating his, against his head, and he fainted there. And God says, does thou do well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Jonah was upset. He was angry because God did not destroy that wicked sentence because the worm ate the gourd and the gourd died. There'll come a moment in your life if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Savior that you'll hear the words, depart from me. I never knew you. That second death. Separation from God throughout eternity. God's gave you a moment here today to accept him into your life. You make the choice this morning. You say, I can't do it. I just can't do it. What's holding you back? What's keeping you from coming this morning and accepting him into your life? He died for your sins. He hung there on the cross. And he done it just for you. If you or I had been the only sinner upon this earth, he would have died for us. But he died for the whole world. Now, we either accept that gift in this moment in time, or we reject that gift. Now, I want us to close with John, the third chapter. And John was talking to Nicodemus here this morning in this third chapter. And in verse 15, it says that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you believe what he done for you on the cross, and you accept him into your life, we have eternal life. 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You go down to verse 18, and he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You're condemned already if you don't believe and trust in him. Verse 36, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. 
That's a promise from God. We have that everlasting life. And we'll be with him throughout eternity. But he and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth upon him forever. That's a promise also. You believe, you trust in him, you accept him, and you've got everlasting life. Now, there's a lot of people that believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They believe that God is the Creator. They believe that He sent His Son to die, but they don't believe in Him. They don't put their faith and trust in Him. They just believe that there is a God. There's a difference in believing in Him and trusting Him. So there's two promises in verse 36. We believe on the Son of God, and we have everlasting life. And we that believe not... On the Son shall not see life. Anybody that doesn't believe on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him forever. We see just a small portion of the wrath of God upon Jonah. God was just getting Jonah's attention. The raging wind, the sea, swallowed by the fish, in the depths and the bars of hell. We see him sitting there in the heat and the gourd coming up and him proud of that gourd. Boy, he was glad for it. And then when the gourd died, he was angry. That's just a touch. Let me tell you something. We do not want to see the wrath of God. I don't want to experience the wrath of God. I want his blessings. And I want his love and his mercy and his grace. We have a moment here this morning. God prepared each one of us here for this moment this morning. God knew who was going to be here long before I started preparing this message. God knew who was going to be here and who needed the Lord into their life. There's a moment in time. He's given us an opportunity this morning. I want you to stand. I want you to bow your head while Brother Cecil comes and the pianist and the organist get a hymn of invitation. We've got a moment in time here that God's wanting to move and God's wanting to work. What's God prepared you for? What is your moment in time? We've all got things that we could do. Jonah wasn't a prophet. Jonah was just a missionary. God called him to go witness to those people. Jonah went, and God blessed. God is here this morning, and the Holy Spirit is working in our presence. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, this is your moment in time. We have no assurance of getting home today. We have no assurance of making it out of this building. But we do have this moment right now that God has prepared. And God prepared me for this message this morning. I have delivered the message. And it's up to you to be obedient unto God.